0: You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode number 16. What's up, you guys? Today's episode is going to be a little heavy compared to my usual content, but I think the conversation is so important to have. On this show, I'm bringing on my sweet friend, Rachel Ziegler, who is the author and creator of the blog, The Art of Rachel in the Rain. After facing her own challenges with love, loss, and grief, after the passing away of her mother, Rachel took to writing as a way of expressing her emotions and teaching others how to keep on pushing forward in life's toughest seasons. She planted a seed in her mind of how she could develop something more to help others in their own relationships and journeys in love and loss. Our conversation covers Rachel's story, how she was able to cope and grieve at the same time, and how horses and riding have played a huge role in her healing process, and what she hopes to help others do throughout her blog and community. This episode is going to pull at your heartstrings, but will also put a huge smile in your face from the joy and warmth that this sweet girl has to offer. So without further ado, here's Rachel. Hey, real quick, are you looking to give your Instagram bio a little upgrade? Your bio's the first thing that people see when they come onto your profile. And since we're limited to the number of words we can put in there, we want to use that space super wisely. Did you know that the average time it takes for someone to decide if they want to stay on your profile or not is less than three seconds? That's seriously hardly any time at all, which means first impressions are everything. But how the heck do you know what to put in there that makes people want to stay for more? Don't worry, I got you. I created a free guide that will walk you step-by-step step through what to add and remove from your Instagram bio to make sure that you are converting new followers and getting your people in the right place. It's totally free and I'm holding nothing back. You can get your download by heading over to sarahelrod.com Instagram. What the heck are you waiting for, friend? Head to sarahelrod.com Instagram and click the link. Okay. Well, welcome Rachel to the Branded Cowgirl podcast officially. I'm super excited to be chatting with you and I'm just really excited to get to dive into your story even more and learn more about you and what you do and all the things. So for those who are listening, who maybe don't know you, um, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and give us a little bit of a background, um, kind of what you do, what, where you're from, all the things?
1: Yeah, so I'm Rachel. I grew up in England and now live in Northern California. I've moved around a little bit, and basically, what I'm doing is, um, my mom passed away two and a half years ago, and I am uh, to basically just kind of bring awareness and normalization to you know other people that are going to lose someone, and unfortunately, death is something that we all will face in life, and so I'm just trying to kind of make that a little bit more normal. And eventually I want to, you know, create something bigger than that, a more open place, a therapy place for people to come to as well. So yeah.
0: So awesome. Well, first off, I had no idea that you grew up in England. So were you born there and everything?
1: Yes. I moved here just about most of my life here than I have in the UK, which is really weird because I still consider that home. But
0: Wow. So. Wow. Fun fact. Um, so wait, what made you guys move, come to America then? Like what, what was the move? So my dad is from here originally. Mm-hmm. He, he
1: grew up here, Um, was born in Massachusetts, but raised in the Bay Area. He went to college over there, met my mom and like the whole love story, fell in love kind of thing. And after 20 years, he just was like, yeah, I'm tired of the rain. Like <laughs> I want to move to California, back to California, where it's sunny. Um, and we, my sister and I, rode horses, and so we were for sure bribed with horses to move here um but that's fine by me so (laughs) they're like if you go to California we'll buy you a horse I'm like okay
0: (laughs) sure (laughs) Like, how could I say no exactly oh my gosh well that is so cool I love that um yeah I mean gosh it's so funny like I know we're not super close we don't know each other super well but I feel like I've been following you for like several years now um, and I've really gotten to know you. I feel like even through social media, which I think is such a cool tool that we get to feel that way about people that we haven't met a ton. And I remember actually my parents when they were buying a house, totally went to your old house. Yeah. And like (laughs) we did a walkthrough and everything of the house. And oh my gosh, it's just so funny, kind of a full circle moment. But yeah, I mean, I feel like I've just really gotten attached to your story. And I mean, when I heard the news that your mom passed, like it really did take me back. And like I think I was in the hospital honestly when I saw it that was like the same time I broke my leg when I first met my fiance and there was just like I felt so connected to you like truly I felt so connected to you when I heard that and like just the the post that you would make and like the words you would use like it seriously made me feel like I was like right there with you and I mean I wasn't even experiencing anything like that at the time but like I just felt like I could feel what you were feeling and you do like a really good job about I feel like writing in such a a way that's so impactful like that so have you always liked writing I mean is writing something that you've enjoyed or was that something you kind of just picked up over time I mean, that's a kind of a yes and
1: no answer. I mean, I always enjoyed English in school and writing stories and essays, but it was never something that I really, like really picked up on until kind of my mom passed when I just would start to share how I was feeling and what I was thinking. And people eventually started to say like, hey, your writing's really good. Like, don't stop sharing kind of thing. And so it just kind of, grew from there, but it is something that I really like. It's something that I honestly find very kind of cathartic in a way. Like it helps me get everything I'm feeling out there. And if it helps others feel like they're not alone, that's a positive as well and a plus. So
0: Yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. And I was reading through yesterday, uh, your blog and some of your posts and like really going through them. And there was one in particular that seriously stood out to me so much. And it was titled A Year in the Upside Down. And I just thought it was so well written and I literally had a ball in my throat. I just, oh my gosh, it like hit me so hard. And I mean, I know we were like messaging on Instagram. I'm like, I seriously think I might cry when we talk (laughs) tomorrow because I, oh my gosh, I just was like glued to my screen reading it. And I, again, just felt like I was right there with you. And the way you would describe things was just super powerful. Um, I mean, that must have been such a hard time to walk through. And I can feel that in the way that you're writing. And I mean, I'm sure it's still obviously you have your moments and it's hard. Like, what was it like, if you don't mind me asking, going through that and that process?
1: So I think that was the blog post that I wrote literally like the year, like with it for the year of my mom's passing. Like that was the anniversary. And that was kind of when this whole blog started. We were sitting in an airport, my sister and I and her boyfriend getting ready to fly over to england for a memorial service kind of to honor my mom we did a garden dedication at the college and stuff and uh, that was where we really started talking and i said you know i want to write and i'm going to write and so then this kind of came after that and it was literally just everything i'd felt in the last year and um Uh, you know like for anybody listening that hasn't read my blog it was kind of one of those things where I wrote about the entire like I wrote a year and seven days prior to my mom's passing and the kind of things that we did that week. And it was literally the most simple things like the Monday before she went into the hospital for the last time, she asked me to go grab her English muffins because she wanted them for toast. And it was just like, that was something that I was like looking back on fondly, like laughing to myself at the same time. Like, even though I was so deeply sad that I wouldn't get that experience with her, I was kind of laughing because if anybody knew my mom like they would know that that was just so her to be like can you just go get me english muffins toast (laughs) um so but and honestly the entire first year i mean anytime you lose someone the entire first year is going to be the hardest and there was so many ups and downs and um it, it is heavy i mean for me I still think about the last weekend she we went into the hospital and we had no idea that it was going to be the last weekend we went in and my youngest sister and I were there and my dad said you know girl she's not going to make it and I just I still remember that entire just like weight that basically sat on me from that moment forward at the minute my dad said those words like I just felt like I was carrying a weight um and it was it was scary because my I have a twin and my twin sister was in Nashville for a girls weekend. My mom's parents live in England and had to fly over like we were basically waiting for everybody to make it and in the hopes that they could make it to say goodbye to her and she wasn't awake but she you know we wanted to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And so that is something that I literally will always carry with me just the reminder that she somehow made it through you know made it until that moment when everybody could say goodbye but the thoughts and feelings that I had during that first year really just fluctuated and for me it was a lot of anger as well like which is so surprising I'm not an angry person I'm a very sensitive like caring loving person but there was so much anger in the first year and I that is something that I really wanted to share in my blogs because I think people don't always realize Some sadness and we rather than actually genuinely being mad at something and that was something it really it took me the whole year to get used to and I shared a picture with that and it says I sat with my grief my anger long enough until she told me her real name was grief and that was something that I I still talk about that to this day that I know now when I am angry that it is not because I'm angry it's because I'm grieving and that was what was important to me in that first blog post a year in the upside down and what's funny is I named it that because I just finished watching stranger things for like the third time and they call it the upside down and I was like that is such a perfect way to describe grief and loss because you literally feel like your whole world's been flipped upside down and you feel like you are literally doing a headstand because like everything is in your head and nothing's in your feet and you have to like find ways to ground yourself
0: yeah Gosh, wow. I mean, there's so many things in that. I mean, you said so much good stuff. And one of the things, like, I know how you were saying, like, it's pretty amazing how she was able to hold on until everybody was all there. And that just reminds me, like, we just lost my grandma this past December. And it was kind of a similar situation. Like, all of a sudden, you know, we kind of knew she was going downhill and um we were you know they kept changing like how long they thought she had from like a month to like two weeks to like seven days and then it was like maybe 24 hours i mean it was just like crazy how fast they just kept changing that number And, you know, that's my mom's mom. And, and same thing like her, she had all these siblings that are in Arizona and San Diego and kind of all over the place. And, you know, we thought for sure, like we were going to lose her before everybody could get there to say goodbye. But it was kind of the same situation as they all were able to come and spend like that last day with her. And I mean, I'm a believer and I just thought that was such a God thing of, you know, he he let her, you know, stay here and, and get to say goodbye before, you know, she went away. And I think that's just really beautiful. And, um, gosh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think grief is such an interesting Feeling, because like you said it 's like you got angry, and I can relate to that in, in other situations as well, where like you wouldn 't think that that 's the emotion that you would feel, but you never really know how you 're going to feel until you 're like in a certain situation, and um, you know I can just imagine like how how much of a roller coaster that first year must have been for you um and how tough that must have been but i mean i think you're expressing those feelings in such a beautiful way through your blog and i know your blog is called the rachel and the rain blog so can you kind of talk about that a little bit more like maybe what inspired you to actually start the blog and where that name came from
1: right so um Again, I was writing a lot, like I was sharing social media posts and I was sharing pictures of my mom and I was just writing and it got to a point where so many people were saying your writing is really good, don't stop, you know, you should write a book and you should do all these things and I messaged a friend and they said I want to write a book and she said that's great, write a blog first kind of thing. She was like you should start writing a blog, put yourself out there and see what happens and so i did and so the whole blog name is the art of rachel in the rain because one of our favorite movies was the art of racing in the rain and it was something that i loved watching with my mom and dad and it was a book that we'd read and all those things and i thought it just paired so beautifully with grief because grief really is kind of like a storm and the raid and it is literally the art of finding myself in that storm of grief. And so it's just this kind of idea that, yeah, I'm finding myself and I'm sharing that that journey. And so the two things together just really kind of paired well. And I was like, this is perfect. This is what I want to call it. And it came from there. And so, yeah, after that friend said, you know, write your blog, That was it. Like I said, I sat in the airport and I wrote my kind of introduction post. and then, once that came, I just, it started flowing from there. So. Oh,
0: that's so awesome. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really beautiful. And so, I mean, obviously you have this experience that, you know, a lot of people can probably relate to in one way or the another. What would you say is kind of your overall goal for your blog and, and what kind of value would you hope that it would bring to people?
1: I think, again, it's just putting myself out there, first of all, is very cathartic, like I said, and it's really going to help hopefully bring me healing. But it's also the idea that there really isn't a whole lot. I mean, there is and there isn't in terms of grief support. There's a lot on social media, but in terms of blog posts, I'm not sure there's a lot out there that is so real and raw that really tells you the ins and outs and the honesty that is grief. You know, the anger and stuff. Not many people talk about the anger that comes with grief. And so that's kind of why I'm putting it out there is I want other people to find it and understand that if they're angry, they're not alone and it's not because they're a bad person and they're angry. It's because they're grieving and they're sad. And so that's kind of what I want from it. I want people to know that they're not alone and it's just kind of the starting point for where I want to go in the future, but it is a landing point as well. You know, people can go to my website and read the blog posts and share them and save them for in the future so that they can again, remind themselves they're not alone.
0: Yeah. Gosh, yeah. And I mean, I think that's such a, it really is such a good niche or niche or whatever, however people want to say that word. I never know. Like everyone says it differently. I'm like, what is the actual way? But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a, I feel like it's probably not talked about enough. And I think you have such a good area that you're focusing on. And, you know, because it is, it's so hard to be walking through those seasons of life where you are experiencing loss or grief. And I feel like so many people feel alone. So the fact that you're building this like community for people to come together during those times and like support each other is just, I think a really beautiful thing. Um, And now I know earlier you had mentioned that you were into horses and you were riding and everything. So I would love to talk a little bit more about that because I'm a horse girl myself. And um, so, I mean, how did you first like get into horses? Kind of tell me your horse journey. I mean it's definitely something that's kind of always been in our
1: lives um one of my dad's brothers my uncle mike is a huge racehorse guy he's worked in the racehorse industry he works kind of more on the aftercare side of things like making sure all the racehorses get good homes and all that kind of thing and he's now the like president of churchill down so he's got quite the like history with horses and then one of my mom's cousins has grown up with horses she does endurance riding and so it was kind of one of those things where in the uk we have been to my mom's cousin's house and been around her horses and done pony rides and you know since we were, could walk pretty much and then when we turned about five or six we got horse riding lessons for christmas and the rest is kind of history so we grew up riding in the uk and then like i said we were bribed with horses to come here. And then I have like the coolest story with my horse. He's like, he's my horse. But um, 16 year old me like fell in love with him, went to buy him and the sellers pulled out. They said, no, we don't want to sell him to you. And I'm like, you're going to tell a 16 year old girl she can't buy her horse. (laughs) Um, And then probably about three months later, maybe not even like two months later the lady who'd been fostering him like keeping him at her property called me I was literally in a grocery store and she called me and she goes do you still want to buy a horse I'm like well yeah but I haven't really been looking because I didn't I wanted to buy Danny and she goes well good would you still want to buy Danny Obviously, and she goes, "Oh, good, because I bought him, and I'm going to sell him to you." And it was like this amazing, like, situation and story. Like, this lady is literally an angel in my life. Like, I'm still in touch with her, and so I've had my horse since I was 16, and I'm, you know, I'm 23 now, and he's 22 this year, and he's been with me to San Diego and back, and now he lives on my property. He's like in the pasture, like right outside my window.
0: So yes, horse girl thread through. (laughs) I love stories like that. I swear there is just something about horse girls and we're so like (laughs) stubborn and determined. Like that was kind of similar to mine. I got my first horse at 14 and kind of the same thing. He was like the first horse I went and looked at like that day, you know, and I don't know, I guess nowadays, like I'd probably go shopping, you know, you go around (laughs) different horses, but oh my gosh, just the fact that like I had actually convinced my parents to say yes I could go buy a horse I was like I'm not gonna like lose that opportunity the first horse I look at like I'm buying it (laughs) right I mean same thing he's my heart horse and everything but that's just so funny yeah I was so like dead set like this is happening and oh that's great I love that and what a sweet lady oh my gosh the fact that she would do that just so you could have him I know So that's so awesome. And okay. So would you say that like with everything that's gone on with your mom and things like that, have, have horses been kind of an outlet for you? Have they helped you? Do you feel like through that process?
1: Yes. But what's also really interesting is I also for a little while lost some motivation, which I think is super important to make known to people that just because you have had an interest for so long, and then all of a sudden lose motivation because you're grieving doesn't mean you've lost the motivation completely. And that is something I'm continuously telling myself. And having him in my backyard makes a huge difference because I can still go out and see him. And so that was just something that even though my mom didn't In the later years didn't come out to the barn with me as much as she used to because I was older and I could drive and do all those things. It was something that we – you know, she rode with us for a little while when we first started riding. And um, so we spent a lot of time at the barn. She'd come out with us. And so I think it was something when she first passed, I was like, I didn't know what to do with myself. And I actually – When I think probably about four days after she passed, I went out and just like cried into his mane. And that was something that I was like, I knew then like, no matter what happened, like I was going to keep him forever. Not that I would ever get rid of him anyway. And it was something that I just, whenever I'm sad, I'll go down and Um, just crying to his mane and hug him. And so I think that is something I've learned too, is just spending time with them for sure. So yes, it has helped me, but it's also like kind of, it's just been a weird relationship with horses. Like I definitely have not ridden as much, but I have spent a lot more time just hanging out and enjoying that kind of process. I
0: think, no, and like you said, like it's actually a really important thing. I feel like some people need to be like, told. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately too. Even, you know, obviously there's like for, for so many different reasons, like, like you said, if you're walking through grief or you're going through something, or even if it's just your day-to-day life, like I was just thinking about even in my own life, the past few years, there's been so much change. I've moved a lot and my, my horses stayed at my parents' house while I was like moving across the country and like lived, you know, a whole half the country away from them. And that was like the first time I've ever done anything like that. I've, you know, ever since I had my horse, he was always like a 10 to 15 minute drive away. And then, you know, when I lived at home, he was, on the back, you know, in my backyard and everything. So that was like a really weird season to walk through as well. And I never thought I would do something like that, but it was like in that season, you know, there were, there were other priorities. I'm trying to, you know, build a business and, and work so I can just provide for them and still keep them because, you know, it it was kind of a similar feeling of like, you know, for my whole life, it seemed like up until that point, like all I ever wanted to do was ride and be around my horses and like that every day, all day, like the whole thing. And then you kind of reach a certain point And I was like, okay, like this is not my main priority right now. I have, you know, I'm trying to, build a relationship and like start to build a family and like kind of set myself up for like where I'm going to be. And like that didn't involve horses being the number one thing in my life for a while, which was, I battled with that a lot. I felt like really guilty. And I know like parents will talk about like mom guilt. And I felt like I had that with my horses of like, gosh, they're just like there and I'm not really doing a lot with them. And I just felt really guilty. But then I had to reassure myself, like, it's just a, season of life I'm in like it doesn't mean it's gonna last forever and kind of the same situation as you said like now I have my own place and like they're in my backyard and I get to see them every single day and I feel so much better about it even if I'm not riding every single day it's just like that that knowing like okay I can go see them they're here I don't feel as bad like (laughs) so I think that that's really important to bring up though that it's okay to go through those seasons of like maybe this isn't just because this was your number one passion for so long like it might that might change and that's okay there's not that's not necessarily a bad thing
1: right exactly I've definitely always said and told everybody else like as long as my horse is fed and watered. He's, he's fine. Like he doesn't care if he doesn't get rid of He's quite content to stand out in the sun or the rain.
0: I know. And I think about that too. I think so many times we like humanize them too much and we're just like, oh, they have all these emotions and they probably feel so sad. And I'm like, well, they don't like, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're perfectly exactly. fine sitting outside, just eating and being fat all day. Like right exactly yeah I mean I I I really do think horses are just they're funny animals and they they really are so powerful and I think they do help a lot I mean like you said you'd go out and just love on your horse and it, it can help you feel better and I think there is something to be said for horses just really connecting with people in ways that if you've never really been around horses or you haven't owned a horse or anything, like you probably would never understand this, but I used to see it all the time. Cause I used to volunteer at like a therapeutic place that had horses. And it, it was a lot of it was kids and with like physical disabilities or like some mental disabilities. But I think that can kind of go the same, you know, whether it's, you are dealing with something like grief or you have like some sort of disability. I think, you know, watching these kids, connect with horses in like such a way and I'd have parents tell me like I've never seen them like this and just the way they act and I used to give riding lessons and even with those kids you know they were they their parents would tell me the same thing like just watching these kids open up like maybe you had a kid that was normally shy or something and watching them just really open up around horses was like a really beautiful thing and I just really do think horses can bond with people and even if that sounds super fluffy and like uh fairy tale whatever I know we just talked about how horses like don't have the same emotions but I do think there's like a connection there um I mean is that something like you believe too or am I just being a softy <laughs> No
1: yes a hundred percent and I also have done therapeutic horse riding I did it for about six years it is something that I am trying to get my teaching certification in and I eventually actually want to start my own program for kids with disabilities but my focus is going to be with people who have lost someone like that is my main goal is to get to that point where people who or grieving and have lost someone but may not even have support like I was very lucky to have support but there are a lot of people out there who don't and that's yeah. something but I mean yes I've seen it everywhere I've worked at so many different programs as well and I, and I've also taught just regular horse riding lessons. And it is 100% something that you see every day. I mean, I have one of I have a tattoo and one of my first tattoos. In fact, my very first tattoo was because of my therapeutic horse riding, because one of the kids I worked with every week, who when I first met him didn't even speak, would start quoting Winnie the Pooh. And he would start saying, what does Winnie the Pooh say? And he says, he thinks, think, think, think. And it was just this reminder that These horses and these programs have the potential to create such meaningful bonds and relationships within these kids' lives. I mean, I have watched kids in wheelchairs get off their horse and walk five steps. And you hear these stories, and you're like, what? And like you said, it sounds like a fairy tale, but then you witness them and it. I mean, it's incredible. It really is. And I know some of it is that horses have a good physical therapy. It's the warmth of their bodies and it helps them relax their bodies. But it's also the fact that some of these kids don't even speak and then they come and they start speaking to the horses. And even if they're not speaking to the person teaching them that you're talking to these horses and you are hearing them speak for the very first time. And so it is definitely something that is incredible.
0: Yeah, gosh, I know, and it's crazy that like you see it in the kids, but you see it in the horses too. Because I mean, obviously, like these programs that are like specific therapy programs, like the horses are obviously pretty broke because you know they have to they they have disability you know kids on them and everything. But you know, even with like my own personal horse, like when I was giving riding lessons to kids, I mean, my horse he was fine with kids, but like by no means would I say he's like some dead broke like horse he you know has quite a bit of life in him he's like a pretty big horse and has like a lot of spunk and I mean, I would watch these like four year old little girls walk him around and his nose would be like in the dirt. Like he would just be following them around like a little puppy. And it was, just, it would blow my mind because then it's like, I'll get on and he's a freaking sass monster. But like, <laughs> he's like walking with these little girls, just like a tiny little in her pocket type of thing. So it's crazy like how they can sense that too. And I love that you're saying that you would love to start your own, like, specifically with a focus on horses and grief. So can you touch, like, a little bit on, like, how you think specifically grief and horses might, like, go together? I think it all just ties in together.
1: I mean, I think what we've already talked about just speaks volumes about horses and their nature, and I mean, my to is safe, yeah, he's 22, but he has a lot of spunk and attitude when I get on him, but he is a completely different horse with kids. And he is a completely different horse when I am sad or feeling a little bit down because he can sense it. And I think even though we talked about how they might not necessarily have emotions, I think they're very intuitive creatures and they can tell and we we know that from when we've sat on a horse and we've been anxious and they spooked like we know when they dump us like it's probably not just because they're scared but because we're like feeling kind of tense oh yeah (laughs) um so I think it's just the idea that they are such sensitive and intuitive creatures and that they can just be with you and that's something that again like I may not even have people ride straight away it's just the idea that they can be with some and the thing about horses I think is like it's unconditional love and it's you know I feel the same way about dogs and cats too it's like these animals don't know anything other than love and occasionally horses can give you some attitude but for the most part they don't know anything other than love and for a lot of people who may be going through grief but don't have the support they can find that support with a horse and with people that are around horses and I think that was something that even even way before my mom passed even when I first started volunteering I found the comfort in the volunteering at the therapeutic horse riding center not only because I was seeing these kids lives change but also because i was a teenager and i was going through the normal high school stuff and you know like we all do but i could go there and it was safe and warm and i could feel i did you know you don't feel judged you don't feel anything you can go and whisper whatever you want in a horse's ear and they're not going to turn around and tell you you know you're dumb or judge you for anything and i think that is what's so important about horses and grief is that you can just be unapologetically you and just be sad and grieve and go through those emotions without fear of judgment.
0: Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. I love it. Well, I love keeping this show like super practical and kind of giving people like steps and advice and things like that. So, do you, being that you've walked through the things that you've walked through and experienced the things that you have, I mean, do you have advice that you would give to somebody who might be going through something similar or experiencing some kind of grief or loss? Are there any steps that you would suggest they could take?
1: yes I mean I think my biggest thing has always been like be kind to yourself and sit with it like that was something that again like with the anger I had to learn that it was just my grief and I had to sit with it and really just start to understand and one of my recent videos on my Instagram was talking about that and just the idea that be even before you lose anyone be in tune with your emotions and understand how you think and feel on a normal basis so that when you do lose someone you kind of are aware that hey this isn't a normal feeling but it's probably coming from my grief and i think that is the biggest thing is just be kind to yourself and let yourself feel and don't let others opinions and thoughts of what your grief should look like change your grief because whilst everybody will eventually lose someone in their life and face grief nobody's grief is the same and I've talked about that a lot too I mean I lost my mom and I have a friend who lost her mom but our relationships with our moms were so different that we are whilst we may feel the generic you know sadness and missing our moms, we are never going to feel the deeper levels of emotions and grief because we had completely different relationships with our moms and that is just something that I think is so important because people are so judgmental and so like telling you how they think you should grieve or telling you to be happy and it's just really important to be true to who you are and true to who you're, to what your grief is as well.
0: Yeah. That's something that I feel like I've heard or like learned in my own different types of experiences is too is, I mean, everyone does handle situations differently and it's so easy to be on the outside of a situation and think like, oh, this is how they should be feeling or this is how I would feel in that situation. But like, you never really know until you're in it. And I also think there's, you know, something that's not talked about enough is maybe how to talk to people that are going through something and like what things we should say or not say. So, I mean, do you, is there anything you can think of like how somebody can approach somebody else that is going through something hard like this? Um, yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, I think it's really, really easy to stay to say straight away, you know, I'm here for you. But I actually had a friend who was newer to my grief and my loss. she never met my mom. She was someone that I met once I moved back up to Northern California from San Diego. And I think her words were something along the lines of, I'm here for you, whatever you need. And that even just adding that whatever you need opened up the door to me being more comfortable sharing like what I was thinking and feeling and I think it's just so important to if you're going to tell somebody that you're here for them to make it clear and to be there for them I mean unfortunately I have kind of a lot of my friendships have like filtered out since because if until you've lost someone you really don't understand what someone is thinking and feeling and I get that I understand that And so I'm not saying or expecting all of my friends to stay in my life. But I think it's really important that if you want to be a supportive person to somebody going through grief and loss is to really truly be there for them and understand that um, you know they need the support and that sometimes going out and doing things that they normally would once do is not necessarily their thing anymore. I definitely do not hang out with people as much as I used to, and that's just because Sometimes I don't know how I'm going to feel and being in a big group. And then if you, I mean, it it's called a trigger for a reason. And, you know, you can hear a song or have a smell or hear something that just reminds you of the person that you've lost. And it can really send you into almost a spiral of grief. And then it becomes really hard to kind of be in that group setting uh, because people, People don't always understand it. And so I think that is just something to understand as a person being supportive to somebody who's lost someone is that they may not always want to hang out. And if they do, they may still feel a lot of grief and sadness and struggle to kind of socialize. And I think really, the important thing to know too is to not tell somebody, you know, oh, they would want you to be happy or cheer up because that that's really hard. like of course, they would want us to be happy, but it was something I said very early on, my mom would also be really upset if I wasn't sad, you know and and that I think it's just something it's so easy for us to tell people that um you know, they'd want you to be happy or they would want you to move on with your life. And that's the thing is I don't think you ever move on from grief. You just move forward. You just carry it with you. And like you've described it as seasons of life, we will carry our grief differently through every season of life. And whilst 10 years down the line, I may not carry it as heavily. I'm still going to carry it because... I'm at the end of the day, you know, I'm 23. And I lost my mom when I was 21. That is such a pivotal age. And you know, you're entering adulthood. And that's kind of a time when you really want to call your mom up every like, five minutes to be like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, And so I think those are just kind of the ideas, you know, what to say and what not to say. And I think what not to say is definitely just be sensitive. Don't try to imagine yourself in that situation. It's hard to do. And that's why I want to talk about it more is if other people who haven't lost someone know what it's like, Mm
0: -hmm. they may be
1: able to be more sensitive and understand that, oh, this might not be the right thing to say.
0: Yeah. Gosh, that's all so good. There was like a example that I feel like describes it so well. Like, what was it? it? It's almost like there's like a when something first happens to you and you're first experiencing grief, you imagine it like in a box and there's like a, like a ball, like a ping pong ball mm-hmm. bouncing around in like a shoe box. And you imagine there's like a button on the top of this box and you know in a small box that ping pong ball is gonna bounce around and it's probably gonna hit the button a lot because it's like a small box and that button is like your grief and and the sadness and so you're gonna feel it a ton but then over time like that box gets bigger and bigger and that ball as it's bouncing around is gonna hit that button less And the box might get really big, you know, after years and years and years, but every now and then it's still going to hit that button and it's going to feel just the same way it did when it first happened. And I think that's like a really good example of how it feels to walk through grief is it never really, like you said, it never really goes away. You just move forward with it and you might feel it a little bit less and less, but it's never fully gone. So I think, but I think you're doing an amazing job and I mean, you, like I said, express yourself in such a beautiful way and seriously, like everybody listening to this should go read her blog because it really is just like the most beautiful thing and it just touched my heart so much and your Instagram, all your captions like really touch my heart a lot. And so even if, you know, you think people aren't listening and you think you're doing it for yourself, you really are, I think, making a difference in people's lives more than maybe you even realize you are. So I just want you to know that. Um. Yeah, but last but not least, um, I kind of want to ask any, all my guests just like a random question at the end, just so people can kind of get to know you a little bit better and, and learn more about you and just have like a fun way of connecting with you. So, um, and I figured it'd be appropriate for this particular topic, but I'd love to know what your favorite childhood memory is.
1: Okay, so you're gonna you're probably going to crack up more at this one because you're a horse and
0: cowgirl
1: <laughs> like me. But um, when we lived in England, we lived in this like little development, which actually used to be like a whole farm. And so our house used to be like the dairy farm, which was really cool. But we had these friends and like bear in mind, we lived in like way in the country, like green hills, like green grass, everything, like super in the country. But we had these friends that lived like two three fields and a hill over from us so we would walk like we'd walk to their house and so one night we'd like gone over there and i don't even know we might have driven there but walked back because my parents had had too much to drink which was usually the case (laughs) but it was like me my two sisters and my mom and dad and we're walking back from their house and we get to like the last field right before our house And we like realize that it's the one where the cows have been in. And so we know there's going to be like an excessive amount of cow poop. And we have this like, my dad has this one headlight on and that's it. Like no other light, no flashlight. He just has this one headlight. And so we're literally all like linked arms. I'm like cracking up thinking about it. We're all like linked arms, like huddled around him with this headlight. And he's literally like, walking through the field going cow poop poop!" like pointing so that we wouldn't step in it and it's just like one of the funniest and it was so funny at the time and it's like not even really that funny now (laughs) but I just like it was like probably before my mom got sick for the first time and it was like just like so such an innocent night and they're like drunk so they think it's funnier than it is as parents do but it was just like the funniest thing, we're just like walking through this field, and my dad's like with his headlight. I'm like, cow poo. I'm like, oh my gosh. But it's I like, I want like visualize favorites. that so good of you right? like, all walking through. Literally,
0: and we're like, like linked arms, like huddled around. I was like, oh my
1: goodness. But it's one of my favorites for that's sure. Like, I will remember that forever.
0: I so. love that. That is so good. Yeah, that's seriously like such a funny visual. <laughs> and I feel like I have stories where I can totally relate to that. You're just, that's like total ranch farm life. Right? always exactly. dodgy. Poop, it seems like.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh my gosh. Well, Rachel, it has been so good to talk to you and I would love for all the people listening to this right now to connect with you and find you and check everything out. So, uh, go ahead and like list off all the places people can come hang with you and see all of your stuff. Oh, it's pretty easy. I'm the art
1: of Rachel in the rain for my website. I have an Instagram for it and I have a Facebook page. And yeah, so the art of Rachel in the rain type it in on Google and you'll find my website, which has my blog on and then Instagram. I'm easy to
0: find so yeah so good oh well thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me and sharing your story and just like being so open about this topic I know this is kind of a a hard topic to discuss and I really appreciate it I think this is going to bless a lot of people and touch a lot of people's hearts and, and give them something to really connect with so I'm very grateful for you I think you are such a talented writer and you're so beautiful I just I'm I'm so grateful that we were able to connect and do this and yeah thank you thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did Rachel is seriously the sweetest human being and I just love the whole great purpose behind her blog it's so beautiful definitely make sure you go check it out Also, if you guys are not already in the Facebook group for this podcast, make sure you go join that. It is the Branding Cowgirl Podcast on Facebook. Also, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Branded Cowgirl Podcast, where we do daily posts and polls and stories and all the fun things, as well as all my crazy reels. And for all the notes of today's episode, you can head over to the show notes on my website, sarahelrodblog.com, sarahelrod.com, or branded slash podcast. Those are all the ways that you can find us and access it and all the goodies and more. I am so grateful for you guys. Thank you for joining us today, and I will see you in the next one. Bye, guys.